The growing season of the kingdom is what we're going to take a look at this morning from Matthew, the 13th chapter. I want to say welcome to all those that are visiting with us this morning. I uh, hope you'll come back and see us again. It's good to have you here. And uh, Gerald, thank you for your song. Good job with that. And Brian, thank you for your comments at the table. Good, good comments there. The growing season of the kingdom. In Matthew 13, Jesus tells what is sometimes referred to as the parable of the tares. Uh, and we'll explain that in just a moment. And Jesus is actually announcing the arrival of the kingdom. And he will use this illustration in which a, a farmer, a sower, sowed seed in his field, wheat. And he will uh, explain to them that growing wheat comes with some challenges. And so there's three points we're going to take a look at this morning. The kingdom of heaven is like... Jesus uses that phrase over and over again in Matthew 13. And then where did the weeds come from? And he who has ears to hear, let them hear. And I'm just going to tell you this, that as Jesus wraps up that teaching uh, about this particular parable in Matthew 13, about verse 43, where he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let me rephrase that in sort of modern vernacular. This is what Jesus is saying the cookies are not on the bottom shelf. In other words, you're going to have to work for them. So when he says, listen, he's actually saying, you need to take this and you need to think about it so that you understand what this teaching, what this parable is actually all about. So in Matthew 13, Jesus is talking about the kingdom. In Matthew, the chapter 4 chapter, when Jesus began his ministry, he came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And whenever he says repent, we don't use that word a whole lot, but he generally is speaking, what he's suggesting is, is I want you to turn. And what he's wanting them to turn to is to come back to God. So he's announcing to the Jewish nation, he's announcing to the whole world, I want you to turn and come back to the kingdom of heaven. If he's suggesting that we ought to turn and come back, then the right conclusion is, obviously, we turned away. <laughs> and so he's saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, we mentioned this in class. In that day and time, if you were thinking about bringing a kingdom, how would you do that? Well, you'd have somebody that's the leader, and you would assemble this army and you would get all your weapons and your plans together and then you would go out and you would attack the enemy and you would impose your will upon them. One slight problem with that. That's not the way Jesus is doing it. And so Jesus is going to have to do a whole lot of teaching about the kingdom. To get them to understand, I'm bringing a kingdom. And I'm going to bring it in a way way different than it's ever been brought before. So we stop and we think about a kingdom. Say this once again, there's a king, there's a law, there's subjects, there's territory. In that day and time, if you had a kingdom, the king would come and he would impose his law. <laughs> you would become his subjects and this land mass that he manages to conquer, that would become the territory. But Jesus is saying, he's the king. 
He's bringing His law. And those who are in His kingdom, they'll volunteer. And they would be like, what? (laughs) So, you think people are just going to volunteer to be in subjection to you? He said, yeah. And exactly what territory is it that you're going to rule over? Is it Palestine? Yeah. How about the Roman Empire? Yeah. How about Asia? Yeah. How about the continent of Africa? Yes. I'm going to rule over all of it. And the way I'm going to do it is one person at a time. And so Jesus has a whole lot of teaching to do to get these people to understand He's a king. He's bringing a law. The subjects will volunteer and they will bow the knee to the king. And the territory over which He will rule will be their hearts. And this is a kingdom like they've never seen before. And so Jesus will say the kingdom of heaven is like. And he's trying to help them to understand what his kingdom is like. And before we jump right into this, I'll just say this. Jesus is going to teach in parables, earthly stories, we often say, with heavenly meaning. And so Jesus will use nature as his illustration to help them understand the spiritual lesson that he's setting forth. So the first point that we want to give consideration to is the kingdom of heaven is like. And in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 24 through 30, which John read for us, I'm going to read it to you again. It says, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and to gather them up? But he said, no. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. But let both grow together until the reaper, until the time of harvest. And I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. So that's the story that Jesus tells. You know, if you were to encounter Jesus on most any given day, the kingdom, that's what he would talk about. Over and over and over again. The kingdom is here. And it had been prophesied for a long time so that they might be prepared. 
We just recently studied 2 Samuel 7. Remember that? Where God promised through David, I'm going to set one of your descendants on the throne. There is a king that is coming and it's going to come from the lineage of David. Guess which lineage that Jesus is from? <laughs> from the lineage of David. Jesus say, repent, the kingdom is here. Daniel, the second chapter. Daniel interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream and he says in the days of those kings, and that would be the Roman Empire, the God of heaven shall establish his kingdom. 2 Samuel 7, there's a king that is coming. Daniel chapter 2, the kingdom. The reign and the rule of God is coming. Isaiah, the 52nd chapter. You know what it says there? How beautiful are the feet who bring glad tidings of good news. <laughs> there's a king, 2 Samuel 7. There's a kingdom, there's a reign, Daniel chapter 2. This is really good news, Isaiah 52. And he will announce unto Zion, Jerusalem, your God reigns. That is good news. And it's been prophesied for a long time. And now Jesus is going about continually. Repent. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's now. You don't have to travel way over there or go halfway around the globe. It's coming to you. And it's here. And it's now. And they need to understand this kingdom and what it's all about and how you enter into it and how you're a part of it and how it's established and how it grows and how it spreads. And Jesus is in the process of teaching them all of that. So the Messiah has been prophesied of. He's coming. He's bringing this kingdom. What kind of a world is He bringing it into? He's bringing it into a world that is broken. Why is it broken? Because people turn. And so now Jesus is saying, you need to turn back. Because He's going to bring redemption. He's going to bring salvation. He's going to bring healing to broken people, broken lives, a broken world. And that, Isaiah says, that is really, really good news. That He's bringing His kingdom to this world. So he uses this illustration about wheat and tares. I don't still have it up there, but let me back up one second. You see that? <laughs> that on the right is wheat and tares growing together. When it's about harvest time, you start to see the distinction. And that's one of the points that Jesus is making here. Leave it alone. <laughs> Till the time of the harvest. Because when it's growing. It's hard to tell the distinction between the wheat 
and between the weeds. So in Matthew 13, 24 through 30, that's where he tells this story. And then in verses 36 through 43 is where he gives the explanation. So the first point and main idea that Jesus is making is just very simply this. That right now, what he's saying, right now, the kingdom is being planted. The wheat is going to start growing. This is the growing season of the kingdom. That's what he's trying to get across to them. Oh, we'll get around to that harvest part in a little bit. But right now, first main, big point, main thing to grasp, this is the growing season. And that's what he's trying to get across to them. So what Jesus is doing, he's speaking reality, spiritual truth, into their world. God's up to something. And this is what he's doing. He's planting something. He's growing something new. What he's saying to them in your world. And it's here. And so Jesus is announcing the kingdom and it's good news. He's bringing redemption. He's bringing healing. That's good news. He's bringing grace. He's bringing forgiveness. That's good news. But at the same time, he also acknowledges there's a lot of weeds out here. And so we stop and they're thinking and we think what's God's response to a world that is broken to people that have turned away from him and his son has come. What's God's response to all this? Well, any suggestion in there about maybe what they're thinking? You know what they say? You want us to gather up those weeds? <laughs> so is that God's response when Jesus shows up on the scene into a world that's broken, full of sin, and... The workers are thinking, you want us to get those weeds? I'll get those weeds. You want me to get those weeds? And Jesus said, no, no. Don't. Why is that? Because right now, you can't tell the difference between a weed and between wheat. You're not qualified to do that. And right now, that's not the point. Right now, what I want to do is I want to grow wheat. That's what I want to do. And so if you want to join me, you come join me and help me grow wheat. So let's say that you plant a garden. You put a lot of work into it, put a lot of effort into it. And then you go away for a little bit. And you come back. I've experienced this. 
Maybe you have too. And you come back and there's weeds everywhere. You can't tell what's gardening, what's just weeds. And so you look at that and you're a little bit frustrated and you head to the garage and you go, I'm getting the weed whacker. <laughs> I'm going to fire this thing up and I'm going to put it on them weeds. Right? And so you go out there and you and it's like, take that weed. <laughs> but in getting the weeds, what's left? <laughs> you destroy it. <laughs> well, maybe there's a plant or two left that's looking all ragged now since you ran over it. But mostly you killed it. And so that's what Jesus is saying. No? <laughs> right now? You're having trouble just understanding the kingdom. Let alone being a judge over who's a weed and who's wheat. So for right now, I just want you to leave it alone. And I want you to understand. If you're associated with this farmer, number one, I want you to get this straight. If you're associated with this farmer, your number one priority is to grow wheat. It is not to pull weeds. We'll get to that later. But I want to suggest this to you. If we understand as Christians, if we understand as preachers, if we understand as elders, the number one priority is to grow wheat. I know a bunch of weed pullers. <laughs> That's their number one priority. I've decided you're a weed. <laughs> Get the weed whacker. You need a good whacking. Number one priority, grow wheat. It'll change your mindset. So in Mark 1, verse 14 and 15, it says that Jesus went throughout the villages and towns of Galilee, announcing repent that the kingdom of God is at hand and believe the good news. This is good news that God is bringing His kingdom his king, his reign, his rule to broken lives, broken homes, broken world. Look around. Do you think it would be good if God's kingdom was everywhere? And that's what Jesus didn't see. It's number one priority. You want to join the program? You want to join the Wheat Growers Union? Because <laughs> that's what we're doing. Number one priority, we're growing wheat. <laughs> you look around the world today and you say, what happened? 
you look around at people's lives, look at your own life sometimes. And you say, what happened? What's missing? You ever heard anybody say that? I don't know, it just seems like something's missing. And so you know what we do? We've had firm control of the wheel of our own life. And then we ran the thing right in the ditch. And then we say, well, we're wrong. Let me give you this illustration right quick. So this is back to the farm, right? Way back when I was a little kid. Aunt and uncle lived just about a mile away. My uncle rarely ever drove. I mean, actually sat behind the wheel and drove. My aunt would drive. At least she sat in that position. <laughs> but you know who's driving? It was my uncle. <laughs> He's telling her every move. Until one day, Colby and Marilyn know this, they're familiar with it. You know the square in Stanbury? <laughs> she parked up next to the curb and he's telling her to back out and stuff. And you know what she does? Backs right into a car. All of a sudden, whose fault is it? It's hers. <laughs> and so we say, who, who's, who's giving instruction on, on driving this thing? <laughs> you know? You know why people run their life in the ditch? You know why the world was broken and had been run into the ditch at that time? They've been trying to drive it themselves. And what they really need is, is God to give them direction on how to drive their life and how to drive the world. Oh, he'll let you drive, but he wants to give you instruction so you don't run the thing in the ditch. And so God's people at that time, the Jews, were anticipating the king coming. They just didn't understand the king and they didn't understand God's reign and God's rule and what that would look like. See, because they're still thinking the way the world was thinking at that time, if you're going to bring a kingdom, then he's got to be a good military leader and he's got to come and gather all of God's people together. And that's what they're thinking. Because God's people at that time have been scattered all over the face of the earth. Well, the king's going to come. He'll gather God's people all back together. And you know what we'll do? We'll get together. We'll form an army. And we'll run these Romans out of here. These tax collectors, they're gone. These sex workers in these pagan temples, they're gone. Those unclean people. Gentiles. They're gone. And those Roman soldiers, kill them. All of them. They're gone. And then, God's reign will bring peace and justice to the earth. And they say to Jesus, you want us to get those weeds? <laughs> Jesus said, no. No. 
Because some of those weeds, they're going to become followers of Jesus. Those sex workers, those prostitutes, some of them will become followers of Jesus. All those unclean, those Gentiles, a lot of them will become followers of Jesus. And one of those tax collectors, he wrote this book we're studying. Huh? Good news. If you're a weed, you can become wheat. God's grace, His forgiveness, extended to Jew, Gentile, male, female, slave, free. And what Jesus wants them to see is the kingdom. It's a period of growth. And it's a period of transition. Old things are going to pass away. He's going to bring a new beginning. And right now, my number one priority is to grow wheat. And you need to understand it. But still they ask, where did the weeds come from? I'll read verse 24 through 28. Uh, well, I'll just, I'll just skip down to verse 26. But when the grain had sprouted, uh, verse 25, sorry. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares appeared also. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, do you want, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us to then go and gather them up? So the weeds appear. First question they have is, Didn't you sow good seed? Where'd that come from? Do people ever ask that question today? If God is a good God and He created a good world and we were created in His image, then how did there get to be so much evil in the world? So much brokenness. So much pain in the world. So Jesus gives an answer. Very short answer. Very simple answer. Very much to the point and direct. And he just simply says, an enemy has done this. And we're like, okay, good. Settle that. We're good to go. And we're like, Jesus... That isn't nearly enough. I need a little more than that. And you know what? There are folks, writers, authors, they try to answer that question. I've read some of those books. And you know what the conclusion is? What Jesus said. 
oh, there's people that go off into tangents about spiritual forces and, you know, this and that and the other thing. And it's there. But do they fully understand it? No, they don't fully understand it. And the Bible hasn't fully revealed all that to us. So I'll just read to you from Ephesians the 6th chapter and verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God. You know what that's saying? What you need to know is yes, there are forces at work that we don't fully understand, that we don't fully see. But what you need to know is an enemy did this and you need to take off the armor of God. And all that other stuff people want to write about and speculate about. We don't have the answer to all that. But we know the influence that has been brought to this world, don't we? Yeah. And so Jesus is saying, yeah, there's there's terrors. An enemy did that. That's the reason why it's there. An enemy did that. And so there's evil in the world. And Jesus acknowledges it. But I want you to know this based upon what Jesus says, based upon what Paul writes. Evil, some total of evil, is not just the terrible things that we sometimes think, that sometimes we say, that even sometimes we do. There's something behind it. There's influence behind it. It's been perpetrated on us and sometimes through us. There is a darker mystery at work in this world. And you know what God wants us to do? Jesus says, the kingdom is here. And you know what that means? I want you to make a choice between who you're going to serve. That's what he's saying. It's the same choice that Adam and Eve had in the garden. Will you listen to Satan or will you listen to God? And it's still today. It's a choice. God will not violate your free moral will. You have a right to choose. And so Jesus said, yeah, the enemy did that. And those weeds, because they chose to follow after him. So what do we do? Their first response is, do you, want us to, uh, do you want us to get those weeds? And Jesus said, no, no. Right now, uh, you're probably going to tear up as much wheat as you are wheat, so you're not really qualified to do that. Don't do that. Right now, we just want to grow wheat. question I have is this. Why were they, and why are some people today, so anxious to pull weeds. <laughs> Let me ask you, you ever been anxious to pull weeds? And what would it look like if God just turned us loose in His field? Okay. You be the weed whacker. Alright? 
How you knew that? There's a guy that lives on my street. I'm pretty sure he's a weed. Wacky. There's a guy I used to work with. Pretty sure he's a weed. Wacky. People nowadays working for the IRS, whack them all. <laughs> the FBI, we need to get much then too. So we decide who's weeds. Well, wait a minute. Maybe that guy down the street is not really a weed. He's just hasn't been converted to wheat yet. <laughs> and these other folks. So right now, number one priority, we want to grow wheat. I'm not turning you loose now to go around and decide who's a weed and who should be whacked. Because if the seed of the kingdom is sown in that heart that I told you about, it may very well change it. And you'll see that weed become wheat. Just like among Jesus' disciples and apostles. Were there any weeds? Matthew was a tax collector. Do you remember... When James and John wanted to whack a whole Samaritan village? <laughs> Remember that? Wait a minute. And then we read the book of Acts, and Philip goes down to Samaria, and there's a bunch of weeds down there to become wheat. <laughs> Jesus said, Leave them alone till the harvest. Why is that? Because you know when wheat and darnel are growing together, they almost look exactly the same. Have you ever heard of fool's gold? <laughs> People are fooled by it because it looks so much like it. And Jesus is using a word here for some translations say tear, some say darnel, some say weeds. Zanzania. It's Greek. They would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about. He's talking about false wheat. And Jesus is saying right now, you look, you can't totally tell the difference. Jesus, can He look? Yeah. But can we look? Do you know what's in somebody's heart? I don't. Jesus does. You think that's a weed. I'm telling you, that's wheat. It will be. So what is God's response to evil in the world at that time? Let me sow the seeds of the kingdom. Let's grow wheat. I don't have a garden, but I got a yard. Do you know what will keep weeds out of your yard? You grow a real thick stand of grass. It'll choke the weeds out. See, sometimes we're always thinking about the weeds choking the grass. The opposite is true too. You grow enough grass in your yard, you won't have any weeds. 
So in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is sowing the seed of the kingdom. He's announcing the arrival of the kingdom. That new world is here. The way to enter is here. The way to live is here. That's really good news. Because you can become wheat. And you can grow as wheat. And in the harvest, you'll see it. You'll see it clearly. The difference between the weeds and the wheat. So Jesus says, repent. Turn from sin. Turn from broken lives. Voluntarily, bow the knee, submit to the king. Because in Luke 17, about verse 20 and 21, when the kingdom comes, you will not say, look here or look there, because it doesn't come with observation. That's what they were looking for. He says the kingdom of God is within you. That's where he reigns. So he goes throughout Galilee and he's announcing the good news. So what's he trying to do about the evil in the world? Romans 12 and verse 21. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's grow wheat. Can you see that? Number one priority right now is take this good news to the weeds. It can turn them into wheat. See, sometimes you want to take this and you see somebody that's a weed and what do you want to do with it? You want to whack away, don't you? <laughs> you want to whack away. Why don't you tell them the good news? Jesus knows what you are. You can be forgiven. God's bringing His grace, His forgiveness. He wants to rule in your life and fix it. That's really good news. So what Jesus is saying is when he's announcing the kingdom and they're saying, that ain't no way to bring a kingdom. You know what Jesus is saying? Watch me. (laughs) Watch me. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utmost parts of the earth. And it started off with a real little group. And then it spread. And then it went a little further. A little further. Until it went to the ends of the earth. The thing went viral. You understand that? It went viral. So that's the program. You associated with this farmer? Number one priority. Don't think first about whacking weeds. Think first about growing wheat. So the final point. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I'll read verse 36. Matthew 13. Beginning at verse 36. 
Then Jesus sent the multitude away, and he went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous, then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear. Let him hear. Cookies on the bottom shelf. You need to think about this one. So Jesus says, at the end of the age, the weeds will be gathered. They're all worried about those weeds. He's like, I'll take care of it. And they'll be burned with fire. But sometimes we read that and people get kind of hung up on just that right there. You know? Whoa, wait a minute. Loving, forgiving, gracious Jesus. And now he's burning people with fire. (laughs) Went a little radical, didn't you, Jesus? And they want to argue about, is that fair? Is that just? All that kind of thing. And what they don't understand is that those words right there, those are words of encouragement. Those are words of encouragement. And we're like, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) Burning with fire and weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, that's words of encouragement? Yeah. And that's the message they need to hear. That's the message we need to hear. So he says, the one who sows seed is the Son of Man. And that's taken from Daniel 7. It's a term that Jesus often used for himself. One of his favorite terms for himself because in Daniel 7, I'm just making reference to, is that one who will come, that Messiah, that King. And he's bringing the kingdom. And the sons of the wicked one. Those are the terrors. Yeah. But they choose. The enemy is the devil. And it's at the end of the age. And then the reapers are the angels. And the Son of Man will send those reapers. And they will gather them and they will cast them into the fire. And they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then, the righteous will shine forth like the sun. That's also from Daniel 12. And then he says, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we link the two parts together. And what's Jesus' point? Jesus is sending out his workers to grow wheat but he knows that there's weeds it's going to be challenging it's going to be difficult but he's saying trust me 
right now, number one priority is grow wheat. And those weeds and that evil, I'll take care of. In fact, he's making it clear that one day I will so much take care of it that it will be destroyed. It will be wiped out. There will be no more. It will be over. And that darkness will be gone. And that evil will be gone. And those who have chosen to follow that way, he'll deal with it. But right now, I want you to take the message of the kingdom. I want you to take the good news in love and grace forgiveness so that people might receive this. So the weeds can be turned into wheat. And so sometimes people think if they don't understand it, they think that's kind of harsh. And actually, those are words of strength and encouragement. So let me wrap it up with this. Let's take a little field trip. You know, back when you were in school or when I was in school, every once in a while we'd have a field trip. You would have certain subjects that you would talk about, talk, learn about, and study, and all these kinds of things. And then eventually, you might say, okay, we're going to go on a field trip. We're going to go see this. So let's take a little field trip right quick as we wrap this up. We've been studying the book of Acts and the seeds of the kingdom were sown in Acts chapter 2 but by the time we get to Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5 what's happening? Here's Peter and John they're the ones that are sowing the seeds of the kingdom they're trying to grow wheat to the best of their ability and what happens? They get arrested and they get told to stop teaching that and then when they don't they arrest them again and then they beat them. How's that wheat growing going for you? And so you go just a little further. And in Acts chapter 7, Stephen's trying to sow the seed. And what do they do to him? They kill him. And then we get to Acts chapter 12. And here's Herod. And he doesn't like what all's going on. And so there's James and he kills him. And then Paul and Barnabas set out on the, second, or on the first missionary journey. And they get to Lystra. And they drag Paul out of the city and stone him and leave him for dead. How's that wheat growing going for y'all? A little rough. <laughs> a lot of weeds out here. And then in 2 Timothy 4, Paul's in Rome once again. And this time he's not under house arrest. He's sitting in the Mamertine prison. And he says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. How's that wheat growing going for you, Paul? He's going to die there. And so sometimes we look at that and we go, wow, that growing wheat in the first century, that's a little rough, wasn't it? Well, let's fast forward about 2,000 years and let's travel about halfway around the globe to a place called Iran. Let's go just a little north of Tehran. And there's a couple, husband and wife, who have been teaching about Jesus Christ. That don't go real well there. And so they were arrested. And they were put in prison. 
and the wife sentenced to a life sentence. The husband sentenced to death. You know how they put you to death in, in Iran? They hang you. They hang you. But they were told if you deny, if you recant all that that you were teaching and the one you were teaching about, we may be able to change this. About five days later, the story went silent. I don't know what happened. How's that wheat growing going for you? So let's say that we had a chance to go on a field trip. And we got to go and visit them. And you walked right into that prison cell. You reach through the bars. You take a hold of their hand. And you tell them, I got something. I got something I want to read you. Verse, verse 41. The Son of Man will send out His angels and they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the Son in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, do you think those are words of strength and encouragement? If you're all in, sold out for growing wheat, those are words of encouragement. If you're not, this parable may be a little confusing to you. But if you are, you understand what that's saying. And you understand also that in verse 36, Jesus sent the multitudes away and it was His disciples who came to Him and said, Jesus, that wasn't real clear. Could you give us a little explanation? <laughs> and He does, doesn't He? All the weeds, all the evil. One day, I'll take care of it. Right now, I want you to be all in. Growing wheat. I'll give you guidance on how to do it. I'll give you strength. I'll give you courage. I'll give you encouragement. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's the growing season of the kingdom. That's what Jesus was explaining to them. If you're here this morning, you've never rendered obedience on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We encourage you to do that this very day. To come a part of his kingdom. Bow the knee to the king. If you're a child of God and not been living as you should and need to come back and make your life right with Him, opportunity is yours. All together we stand while we sing.